This is Tony from Battlecross, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Vinnie Paul from Hell Yeah, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Come on now. Hey, what's up? This is Scott Ian from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Scott from Skeleton Witch, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Welcome to episode 245 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 245, we're joined by Scott Hedrick of the band Skeleton Witch. Skeleton Witch, for those who are not familiar, band out of Athens, Ohio, uh, not far to the west of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, do a kind of a blend of uh, technical thrash and uh, kind of black metal. Black metal for those not as educated uh, in the nuances of heavy metal as I'm really not either. Uh, black metal, kind of a screechier vocal style. So uh, Scott and the gang are coming in on the 11th to do a show at Mr. Small's. That's September 11th for those listening. Uh, Mr. Small's in Millvale, Pennsylvania. They're going to be joined by Lady Beast. Black Anvil and Ghoul. Tickets available at opus1productions.com or you can go to Mr. Small's Theater's website and you can buy tickets there. You can get them at the door. Iron City Rocks will be presenting that show. Last time they were through, they were with uh, Amon Martha, did a sold-out show at Mr. Small's. So Scott and I got together, talked a little bit about that uh, tour that they did with Amon Martha and the show specifically in Pittsburgh. We talk about uh, things they've got going on, how it's going to feel to do a headlining show coming through talk about serpents unleashed their latest album and also the follow-up album that they've started writing already so without further ado we'll give you a little taste of skeleton witch and we'll talk to scott hedrick All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show from the band Skeleton, which we have Scott Hedrick on the line. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing great. How's everybody out there doing? Hopefully well. Yeah, yeah, doing well. We're into the end of the summer and into what is always a fun time of the year, the fall, when we seem to get a lot of the great metal shows here in Pittsburgh. And you guys are coming up on tap on the 11th of September. You're going to be doing Mr. Smalls as a headlining show. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the last time you guys were in Pittsburgh was with Amon Marth. Uh, which was it was a spectacular show, but wanted to see how it feels to be out doing you know some of these bigger venues as a headline act now. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, this is the first, and you are correct. That was the last time we were there. Which uh, I don't know if you were there, but it was it was a great show, and the crowd was fantastic. And it was um, not without its issues. Meaning that the it was <laughs> I think everybody was too metal for Mr. Smalls, and the power kept the power coming. issue. Yeah, if, if I rem- yeah. I thought that was the right gig where they had some power issues, but I think that was 
uh, something out at the curb or something was a problem, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't remember what, I think they had recently redone the venue and stuff, and, and I think they were, like, redone the electrical, and they were having some issues, but that aside, like, the, everyone that, that works there and stuff is great, so I, I don't mean to slag Mr. Smalls, because we yeah. had a killer time. It was just sort of a freak occurrence yeah. that was funny. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to come back and actually headline the venue ourselves. I mean, we kick off the tour uh, sometime, let's see, next Friday, I believe, in uh, in Chicago. So, okay. you know, so we'll see how it goes playing some of these larger venues. And this is the first time that we've done a headlining tour on our newest record, Serpents Unleashed. So it's mm-hmm. we've done some support, obviously, the Amon Amarth tour. We went out with Black Dahlia Murder. Uh, we've been over, we just got back from... Uh, about a month in Europe doing festivals and stuff. So we've been busy, but we haven't had a chance to do a proper headlining tour. So uh, we're really excited. Yeah, and this is this is. I mean, you guys have been at this now seven or eight years now, if I'm not mistaken. So this is, you know, it's good to see you guys kind of stepping up to the next level. Yeah, uh, even longer, actually, over ten years. But we've been okay. we've been really touring and hitting it, you know, more or less like seven though. So okay, yeah. The how for for those maybe not familiar with with your your sound. I mean, when I listen to it, I hear vocally what sounds kind of like a black metal, but I hear some testimony kind of thrash elements behind it. How do you, how do you guys, if you wanted to to label your music, how would you label it? Yeah, it's it's that's a that's a, the, the million dollar question uh, because we don't really adhere to one specific style, though more are represented. Um, I think it's kind of a, a synthesis of of black metal, thrash metal, and death metal predominantly, with the occasional elements of, of doom or, or old school, you know, new wave or British heavy metal. Mm-hmm. Sort of all all our favorite types of heavy music synthesized into kind of short but memorable blasts of of music. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't really worry if a song you know is is, is tends to be more thrashy or more death metally and you know than, than than another we're not really forcing ourselves to do anything other than write the the heavy metal we would like to listen to sure now growing up i mean was there particular players you you wanted to emulate when you you took up guitar uh yeah i mean there's the obvious you know i'm, I'm 30 i just turned 31 a couple of days ago and uh okay. So when I was, you know, a, a an impressionable youth, that was when Pantera was huge. So of course, uh. just like everybody, you know, I loved Dimebag Daryl. Um, some of my other favorites, though, are, are, are Tipton and Downing from Judas Priest. Sure. Um, just like everybody, and rightfully so, I love Chuck from Death. Uh, also uh, Sherman and Denner from Merciful Fate. Okay. And um, also um, Chris Oliva from Sabotage is also yeah. one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, that, that's an interesting one to hear the name. It's not a guy that, you know, when people are rattling off influences, you don't hear Chris Oliva's name, but I, I think a lot of people probably were touched by his playing a lot more than they even realized, you know, so that's a good I, good one. I agree. So any kids out there, go go look up Sabotage and just look past some of what may be, to you, cheesy vocals and just listen to that guy shred because he's, he's incredible. Absolutely. Now, you know, you guys got your start in Ohio, Um you know, and you're, if I'm not mistaken, you're kind of from like the southeast corner of Ohio, correct? That's correct. We're in Athens. Okay. Which is a college town. Okay. Was there a big music scene? You know, I'm trying to think about the time you guys would have been kind of coming up of age. I, I, was there a big music scene, metal scene in that area at the time? Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't say so much big as small, but fertile. Uh, okay. The, you know, there's there's being a college town. There's a lot of venues, so you have everything from, you know, your your uh, hippie jam bands to blues bands to there's plenty of punk bands and and metal and and uh, and hip hop and stuff too. You know you have wherever you have lots of young people people you're gonna have a lot of music. Mm-hmm. So 
it's not terribly hard to to get a gig in here in town in Athens, and there's usually going to be people there. And in fact, it, I think if we started somewhere else, and we may not have gone as far as we did because mm-hmm. we really got once we started getting rolling and, and writing a lot of music and playing more frequently here, we sort of got pushed out of Athens by everybody here. Like, hey, you guys need to go play Columbus. You have to get up to Michigan, you know, to, mm-hmm. to Detroit. And we sort of got shoved out, thrust out of, uh, of Athens upon upon the world, for better or for worse. And, and then we realized, hey, we can we can just keep doing this. Why? Let's, let's let's keep going. Let's go all the way. You know, let's let's Lewis and Clark get to the West Coast. Let's see what happens. I was going to ask you. I mean, it's a band that didn't come out of the 1980s. You know, because I'm about 10 years older than you, so every band came out of California. You know, except for Anthrax, it seemed. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, coming up in that era, you did. Was there a particular market that you guys said, okay, you know? It's Chicago, or it's New York, or L.A., or is it you know or Berlin? You know, yeah. where where do you where where does a metal band from that you know from your time say, you know, this is where we're really turning the corner into something serious? Uh, you know, some of the some of our biggest, I guess, successful shows on a larger scale were were. I mean, some of your obvious places like Chicago was was one of the first where I really felt like we caught on and we'd start playing shows and, mm-hmm. and we would be shocked at how many people would show up. Uh, same thing with Austin, which of course everyone loves. You know, it's it's the the quintessential music town. And and uh, another one that always was great was Madison, Wisconsin. For some reason, maybe okay, it's, maybe a, it's our midwestern appeal or something. Yeah, that that's one I wouldn't necessarily have thought of. That's it's an interesting. Um, one of the things I noticed about your band really from the get go was the visual imagery and the graphics of, you know, T-shirts and album covers, uh, almost in a way that that kind of makes me think about how Iron Maiden used Eddie. Was that something that you guys kind of said, you know, let's not our, you know, we're just a bunch of ugly dudes, let's not put our own face on the album? Or, you know, did someone give you, you know, some some advice along the way to to try to work with artists in that way? No, we're pretty good looking, by the way. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, no, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, a conscious decision from the, from the onset. It was after we did uh, we self released an album that had that sort of character on it that wasn't really a character. It was just here's the album cover and it had this this sort of skeleton witch on the front, if you will. And then when we when we did the next record, we did the second record. Uh, I guess we, Ernie it was an EP. We decided, hey, let's just put what we were calling we now call skeleton Mitch. A skeleton <laughs> um, Mitch. Okay. Yeah, it's actually a male, but it's skeleton okay. Mitch. But uh, a couple, maybe after some time after the EP, we decided, hey, let's stick with this. And and yeah, like a lot of my favorite bands, whether it's Motorhead or Megadeth or, you know, um, Iron Maiden especially, yeah. have a, a sort of signature character. And we 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 just sort yeah. After a couple times in a row, we thought let's just keep doing this because we 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 liked it. It made it it made our album sort of stick out. If, you, if you'll notice, we always have that central character, and there's kind of a different color scheme each time. Oh, yeah. So each one sort of has it in its own aesthetic feel to it, I guess. There, there's your, there's the familiarity with each one, like that, that's definitely Skeleton Witch, and then sort of a different take on it each time. Right. Yeah, and you think about, like, you know, with Maiden, they did the same kind of, kind of thing. You know, you had Eddie, but he was, it wasn't the same Eddie every time. He's, you know, evolved up to the final frontier quite a bit. So, yes. it, you know, it seems like, a, an, and I don't want to call it a marketing angle, but it seems like something that more bands would do. You know, yeah, you would you would think. I mean, it's it's not, it's not a bad idea to have people sort of you know become familiar with a, a central character or, or or image or idea or something. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, plus when you're touring in your fifties, you can have one of your roadies dress up as Skeleton Mitch and come out. <laughs> you know? It's a great gimmick. All the all the forty year olds in the audience will eat it up. 
Oh, man, don't think that our record label hasn't already pitched this idea to us. <laughs> hey, you know what? The, you, you go see Megadeth in 2014, and, and people still go nuts when, when Vic comes out on stage and points. And, you know, it, it's, you know it's, it's smart. It, it really is it's a very smart move. Yeah, now, we just need to get to the level where we're playing a place that's a... a uh, that's you know not so small that he's sitting at the bar the whole time until <laughs> you comes. <laughs> you know that might even be a better angle. Imagine Actually, if you, yeah. imagine if you rewound time to 1984 and walked into a bar and saw Vic Rattlehead having a, <laughs> a, a Jaeger at the bar before before the show. That's not a bad thing. I'd buy him a beer. Absolutely. Now, um, do you guys like when you? Ex- you know, obviously now that you're, you're headlining a show, did you, you have to kind of go back and pull out some gems, or, or how did you decide to get the material to fill up a headlining set, or do you get that much more time? Uh, yeah, we we'll, we play, you know, probably a little over an hour. Um, we have two bands that are with us. Uh, there's, there'll be a local opener each night, and then on the whole entire tour with us are uh, is a band called Ghoul and a band uh, called Black Anvil, which okay, two very different things. Ghoul is sort of like... Uh, and they're very guar like mm-hmm. where they <laughs> where they you know wear costumes and make a mess on stage um and black anvil is a little more uh black denim uh black metal more serious straightforward sure. new, new york guys um and both great bands both that we like a lot so uh each night we have an opener both of those bands playing so when it comes to choosing our set you know, we don't want to be that band that's playing like you know very brutal very fast metal for 2 hours it's mm-hmm. just it's just a bit much after three other bands, you know, not not because we can't do it, but because, you know, you start seeing people walk out the door like, shit, I got to work in the morning. I'm tired of getting yeah. pummeled. Yeah. So we try to keep it around an hour, a little over an hour. And, uh, you know, we this set, it's going to air on the side a little more. It's going to be a little heavy on uh, tracks from Serpents Unleashed. But mm-hmm. then we definitely do go back and pick out some songs that maybe we've never played live before or mm-hmm. it's been years since we've played them and stuff to try to mix it up for a lot of the people that have come to see us, you know, and they may be seeing us for their third, fourth, eighth, eighth time. Mm-hmm. Now, that, I, I, you, you touched on something that I think was really, really profound there that, you know, in talking to hundreds of musicians in my time, I've never heard someone actually say they kind of look at all the bands that lead up to their set and try to bring some variety you know you know for lack of a better word to the set list because of that that's a really interesting point because you're right i mean if you saw you know a band like dragon force do a a 90 minute set and then ingbe malmsteen eventually it's all going to kind of be a little overkill oh absolutely and the the fact that no one has has really mentioned that to you before on the show (laughs) i hate to say it's just just proves how brilliant most musicians are yeah yeah it's obvious i mean to, to, to give you an example without naming bands, if, if you look around, you'll, you'll see a lot. If you look around at the touring schedules you see in, in the metal realm, mm-hmm. there's so many tours that come around, at least a few a year, different ones that are just packed with like eight, eight or nine, sometimes even ten brutal death metal bands. Yeah. And the last thing, I, even, if, even if I like half of them, I don't. I don't want to go. It's just too. It's too extreme. It's too much. You know. Put a rock and roll band on there. Put a punk band on there. I do something. Do something yeah. to, to. You know. Yeah. Maximalism becomes minimalism or boredom after a little while. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you can. You can. You know. If you've got blast beats for the better part of four hours, at some point, that's going to be overkill. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a great point. Um, excellent. Have you guys started to work on material for the follow-up to Serpents Unleashed yet? Uh, we have. I, I just finished writing a, a new song right before we left for Europe, and I've got I've got a couple more going, and I think Nate's got two or three started. I don't know where he's at. He's a okay. uh, we sort of write independently, Nate and I do, and then 
And then once we have what we think is more or less a complete song with a drum machine and two guitar parts, mm-hmm. he and I will send that back and forth, and, and we sort of get it to a place where we where we like it. Then we send it to everybody. Then we then everybody listens to it. It doesn't have bass on it. It doesn't have vocals. Mm-hmm. Then we we show up to our practice space, and then everybody gets to add their two cents, and we start kind of re we start dissecting it again after Nate and I have kind of put it together. So mm-hmm. we're we're already getting getting started on that one. Although I, I couldn't say when we're gonna record you know sure when we're going to release it but yeah I'm, we're always in between tours you know working on on music right now do you um does just chance write hit the vocal parts of that or do one of you guys kind of write the lyrics for your own compositions oh that's all chance yeah he's, okay. he's titles lyrics album titles everything that's, that's okay yeah that's that's all him you would you wouldn't want me to write lyrics, I don't think. <laughs> no, you never know. I mean, you look at look at the Black Sabbath or even Iron Maiden, you know, to, to speak about them, and you, you think, oh, you know, the bass player wrote all these songs. Or Motley Crue. Where would any yeah. one of those bands be without their bassist writing the lyrics? Yeah, or Rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think? Uh, well, their yeah. drum drummer wrote all their lyrics. Yeah, Neil, Neil Peart wrote all the lyrics to like, uh, uh, oh, what's the, the the classic Rush album with the little pentagram and the the twenty one twelve and thank you twenty one twelve yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's it's. But I was just curious. Yeah, in the in the in the world of metal, you know, when you've got this speed, you know, how you go about re- intertwining melody into that? It's always got oh, yeah. kind of a challenge. Yeah. In in our in our yeah no that's a, that's a, actually a good point. And then in what we try to do is knowing how you know Chance's vocal style is, and it's more on, along the lines of like black metal and, and occasionally mm-hmm. death metal. We then attempt to put more melody into the songs with the guitars, and they're sort of. Uh, Chance's voice sort of becomes another instrument, or you know, it's even more rhythmic. And then the, and then a lot of times, the two guitar, you know, the, the guitar lines intertwine and, and kind of weave in and out of each other. And we don't, we don't like to play the same thing all the time on guitar. If you listen closely, or even in headphones, you'll notice that we don't. We're doing different stuff at the same time, and that in in there we sort of try to um, lay down a, a melody that that's memorable. And Chance brings an intensity and a and a and and you know memorable lyrics and a rhythmic sense to it as well so it's not maybe maybe his role is not what you traditionally consider a vocalist to be because he's not you know singing in an operatic style oh hey uh, anybody that can sing in that kind of you know call it black metal style for lack of a better term and, and can do it for an hour <laughs> my hat's off you know that's, yeah, i don't know how he does it that and, and your drummer i mean any drummer that can keep up with that i mean you guys i'm sure have you know very uh cramping hands and forearms and stuff but i would not want to try to play drums on your tracks for an hour oh god me neither I'd, I'd, i'm happy right where i'm at <laughs> exactly well again you're going to be coming in on the 11th uh doing a show mr smalls hopefully we'll have the juice on for you the whole night that night <laughs> and i wish you guys all the best uh until you get to pittsburgh man thank you very much and i, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us and helping uh, get the word out about the show all right, a big thanks to Scott Hedrick of the band Skeleton, which, again, they will be in town for an Iron City Rock show September 11th, Mr. Small's Theater. They'll be joined by Ghoul, Black Anvil, and Lady Beast. You can get tickets at opus1production.com, or you can visit Mr. Small's uh, Theater box office, get tickets there as well. We invite you to check us out on the web at ironcityrocks.com. You can go to facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks or twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Also invite you if you're an Instagram user, 
uh, look us up Instagram uh, and search for Iron City Rocks. We have been posting a ton of stuff up there as well. Uh, some photos that you're not going to find on Facebook or Twitter. So check that out. We have some really cool shots of the Kiss show that was in town not all that long ago, as well as the Uproar Festival. So you can check that out. Also, ironcityrocks at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us. Let us know what you think of the show, what you like, what you hate, etc. Until next time, thank you. Thank you.